Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee with Convery. On today's podcast, my guest is the one and only Jesse Owuji. In all things Jesse Owuji does, there are two constant elements, his devotion to service and his inspiration nature to others. Jesse went from competing at a top-level Division 1A college football to rising the ranks of the military as a lieutenant commander and is now the only current driver in all of NASCAR at the national levels that actively serves his country as a U- U.S. military member. It has been key for Jesse, who is currently serving in our country's reserve fighting force, to honor his country while pursuing excellence in the business world as a business owner and on the track as a driver. It should come as no surprise that he has championed companies and charities that give back to our men and women in uniform. Jesse is also a big supporter of NASCAR diversity, equity, inclusion. Today, he's one of four African-Americans competing at NASCAR's national level of racing. He was honored by NASCAR for two years in a row, the Diverse Driver of the Year Award, and he is well-versed both on and off the track. It is fair to say in many ways, Jesse is a first in NASCAR, while clawing towards the top tiers of NASCAR, Jesse Uwaja has continues to take us on all along for a memorable ride, showing those who dare to dream life truly rewards those who stay strong enough and long enough. Jesse, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks so much for having me on the show. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And um, maybe to get us going, I'll start to ask you just a couple I'll get to know you questions, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Okay, so what are your pronouns? Uh, so, uh, pronoun, man, I've never thought about that. I mean, I'm, I'm a guy, uh, <laughs> he, him. So, he, him, I think that, that that's right. Right. I don't, I mean, I don't ever look into that stuff. So yeah, I'm a guy, a male. Uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> he, him. Awesome. Awesome. And what is your superpower? My superpower. So, uh, I would say that would be my ability to be able to take my platform and use it to dive deep into people's souls and kind of like implant like what I'm doing in my energy into them so that they can feel like they can accomplish everything that everyone else has always told them is impossible, right? There's not a lot of people who can do, there's a lot of people who've gone out there and done some amazing things, but they, they're not necessarily great at being able to empower other people. And I guess that's probably the simplest way to do it, to be able to empower people to feel like they can go accomplished things that others have said was impossible, things that have been visions in their minds forever, but they always felt like, you know what, I can't do it because everyone's telling me I can't do it. But for whatever reason, I've been able to in life, been able to go in and empower these people, put the energy, put the life, put the spirit, put everything necessary into them. And it's not coming from me. It's coming from God, right? Going into them so that they can go accomplish everything they're meant to accomplish. That's awesome. That's awesome. We need more of Jesse's in the world. Um, what is your favorite smell? My favorite smell, honestly, uh, <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be gas station chicken for whatever reason. Not any chicken. I'm talking about okay. fried chicken from a gas station, right? And there's one particular brand that's really, really good. I'm not going to mention the brand because they don't sponsor me. But um, <laughs> if they ever do, I'm telling you, I will talk about it all day, every day. It is the best. They are absolutely like epic, but when you pull up to the gas station, especially after like a long day, like you're maybe getting some fuel, doing whatever, you're hungry, and you just smell that amazing fried chicken. Oh, mm. goodness. It mm. is, there's just nothing better than that. There's actually nothing better than the smell of really good chicken. There really yeah. isn't. I mean, yeah. what kind of food out there smells better than that? 
exactly. Sounds good. Making me hungry. Um, if you thought about it, what was the best compliment you've ever received? Uh, best compliment I've ever received. I receive a lot. It's 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 the same similar comp compliment. It's not like just one particular one that like I've never gotten it from anybody else. But the same one that I usually receive, and that's when it's not just like one word or two words. It's really when people come back to me and and tell me thank you for any words of encouragement, any information, any knowledge, anything like that that I've given them and imparted on them to help them reach their goal and dream. And I've had multiple people, especially in the last couple of weeks, I've had like two or three people reach back to me that I haven't spoken to in maybe like a year or something like that or two. And they've come back to me being like, Jesse, thank you so much. Like all the information you gave me, you know, two years ago, three years ago, whatever, I started going after it, using that information and getting to whatever their goal they were trying to uh, uh, go accomplish. And they've actually reached their goal. They're, they're at where they want to be. And all thanks to basically, you know, the information I've given them. And once again, I don't just do this because I'm like, I don't feel like I'm just the greatest person in the world or something like that. I do it because it's the right thing, right? If I have information, if I have something that can help you go after your goals and dreams because you want to go after it, and I like people who go after stuff, like I'll give it to you, right? Like I don't need to charge you money for it. I don't need it, nothing. Like, no, if I have info and it's going to help you get to your goal and dream and you're, you're a go-getter and you're willing to participate in your own rescue, I will give you that information. And I hope that you take it, use it, and maximize it. I hope that you get there. I hope that you, you surpass whatever I've done, whatever it is, just go, go after it. Because at the end of the day, when you put that good energy into the world, it will come back to you. That is fantastic. Thank you. That is awesome. Um, so we, I know we know you like fried chicken, but uh, guilty pleasures. What's your favorite go-to snack? Uh, favorite go-to snack has to be gummy candy, any type of really good gummy candy. And my, <laughs> one, two of my favorite brands are Haribo and Trolley. Those are my favorite brands right there. Um, and I, I I have tried to slow down from them. Obviously, there's a lot of sugar in them. I wish I could speak to those guys and be like, hey, <laughs> all's candy tastes amazing. And I swear to you, it will still taste amazing if you just cut the sugar in half. Like, it'll <laughs> still be good. It'll still be good. And then we can eat more of it. Like, if you cut the sugar in half, I will buy more divide double <laughs> i'll die double and I'll, yeah. I'll get back to the same level because i want to eat double i really do but i can't because i'm like if i eat like more than one bag a week then i'm gonna like you know i'm not gonna live as long as i want to live <laughs> yeah for sure um holidays we all have favorite holidays what's what's yours so uh, favorite holidays, um, I like them all. Honestly, Christmas time is really cool because um, the weather's cool, there, especially in California. Uh, Christmas time is cool because it's it's cooler outside, right? It's not like crazy hot like it is during the summer. But um, I just kind of, I like that Christmas spirit. I really like, you know, when I see all the Christmas stuff up, the lights and everything. I, I like the Christmas music playing. I like going uh, back to Texas uh, to see my family nice. and spending time with them because it's usually, you know, that two week period where I finally am like mostly off of working, right? Like, like it's two weeks where instead of doing 150% of what I do, I'm doing maybe like, 30%. So it's so nice to and just to chill with the family and just do chill laid back stuff to spend a night being like, hey guys, let's go up to the movie room at my parents' house. Let's just sit there and play Xbox Forza like all night long or like watch a movie. <laughs> or, like just I don't get to do that any other weeks of the year at all. Except like these two weeks is where I get to do the chill laid back, like just be a kid again. A hundred percent. And no matter how old you get, when you go back to your parents' house, you're still the kid. Right. Exactly. And I like that. I'm cool with that. I'm, I'm 36. I'm 36. And when I go back there, I'm 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 12 again. And I'm <laughs> cool with that. 
exactly. (laughs) It's awesome. Um, We all started somewhere. And as we start to get into hear more about your background and your career, I'm wondering just what was your very, very first job? Very, very first job ever. I've only had uh, about two civilian jobs ever in my life, right? <laughs> um, I own my own businesses now, right? So yeah. I, don't, I don't call them jobs because I don't work for anybody but myself. Um, but uh, my only civilian W-2 jobs I've ever had was... Actually, you know what? I've actually had three, technically. So my first one was at Quick Trip, which is a gas station chain in... in um, in Texas, Alabama, I think in Georgia too as well. Um, it's mainly kind of in the South Oklahoma uh, and, and a really nice guy, like very nice gas station. They're not like crummy or anything. They're very, very nice, clean, um, really big, a lot of pumps and everything. Worked there when I was 16 for like a year and some change until I graduated um, and went to the Naval Academy. And then my second um, W-2 job was working for Magnuson Superchargers. I worked with them right after I got out of active duty and I was transitioning to the reserves. I needed like a day job. Yeah. And uh, I was a head of marketing and sales there. Um, had no marketing and sales degree, but I knew how to make people buy stuff. So that was <laughs> that was good. And then um, my third job was just for a short period during the COVID time. I was one of the um, I was on the broadcast team with NBC Sports during some of the NASCAR Xfinity Series races. So I was doing pit reporting. I was on camera talking. That was very difficult because live TV you can't make a mistake. You just got to go. <laughs> and you have people talking in your ear the whole time, telling you what direction to take stories. So that was uh, very interesting. And I had to be on my A game with it. it. It was a cool experience, though. That is that is so cool. Um, one last one, and then we'll jump right in. Um, if you had to describe yourself in one word, um, what would you pick? If I describe myself in one word, what would I pick? Um, I would pick resilient. Uh, that's how that's how I have to be. Uh, a lot of things I jump into, I don't have the experience. I don't have the in, initial knowledge. I don't have the initial resources. I, I don't have whatever it takes to be great at it. I don't have it at first, um, but I'm resilient. I get through whatever issues uh, have to be you know, fought through. I, I, I stay with it. I stay strong enough, long enough, and I get to the end. You know, I, I don't I don't always have to have the most talent, the most resources, the most everything. All I have to do is have faith and stay strong enough, long enough. Sounds good. All right. So let's let's jump in here. Thanks for for answering some of those uh, get to know me rapid fire questions. Um, you come from a unique cultural background, being of Igbo descent with parents who immigrated to the U.S. from Nigeria in the 1980s. Um, can you share with us how your cultural heritage and family's journey have influenced your own values, perspectives, and how you think about diversity, equity, and inclusion? Yeah, so um, it, it's, it's definitely impacted me a lot, right? So my parents, being from Nigeria, right, for those who have any Nigerian friends or of uh, or they're of West African descent or African descent, and really a lot of different foreign descents, they have the same mentality, parents do. And they're, uh, when, they, when, they, when they come over to the U.S., for their kids, they tell their kids, hey, you have no choices in life except these choices. You must become a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's their mentality. Yeah. And, and if you literally think about it, you're like, oh man, I'm stuck to do it. But it's not it's not fully like a literal thing. What they're really trying to say is your only choice in life is to go succeed. You have to. Like if they're if your parents are gonna do whatever it takes to go from their country to here, which is not easy. It's not just buying a flight and flying over to the U.S. and be like, okay, I'm here. Everything's all good. Here you go, kids. It, it is some maximum effort. They're giving up so much, leaving behind so much, everything mm-hmm. they know, 
their way of life, their family, money, uh, maybe some stable jobs they potentially had there, whatever, they're leaving it all to come here and start over fresh somewhere where they might not be completely liked where they could where they go. They might not have the same opportunities at first initially. You know, there's people who are doctors in other countries and come here and not even allowed to practice until they go through our system over here in the US, right? right? So people are leaving their lives and coming over here. So that's already maximum effort just to make that happen and actually get through that successfully. So they tell the kids like, hey, you have to succeed. Like we didn't come here for no reason. So you have no choice. You don't, you cannot fail. You will not fail. That's it. Don't even think about it. It's not even in your vocabulary. Cut the ropes, burn the ropes, burn the ships. We're here now. The only way is to succeed. And that's it. There is nothing else. And that's what they impart on us. And that's why you see a lot of folks who, who do come over here, um, they become very successful. There's a lot of Nigerians over here in the U.S. who are doing absolutely amazing. Um, Indians, Asians, whatever, all these folks who come from different places because they have no other choice. There is no choice of being lazy. There is no choice of failing. You have to come over here and succeed. And that's it. Nothing else or else you're an absolute shame. Yeah, no, that makes makes a lot of sense. Um, I know that the Naval Academy reached out to you during your junior year of high school and offered you a scholarship. Could you tell the audience here about that pivotal moment and how it influenced your decision to pursue a military education? Yeah, so, you know, I wasn't really thinking about the military much when I was um, towards the end of high school. Um, all I was thinking about was football. I wanted to go play college football for the best team possible, and I wanted to also set myself up for success in the future. So when the Naval Academy started recruiting me, I looked at that opportunity as an opportunity that uh, would hit all those different points to be able to play football for a great team, uh, get a great education, and then when I graduate, be able to serve as an officer in the United States Navy, which was basically setting myself up for success. So it hit all those points. There was no other school that was hitting those points except, you know, one of the other academies. But I didn't want to go to the second best or the third best academy or the fourth best academy. I wanted to go to the best academy, and that was the Naval Academy. So. I made that choice and it was the best decision I could ever make. Um, four years, you know, going to bowl games, winning a lot of football games, four years of <laughs> learning a lot in school, four years of crushing Air Force and Army, all four <laughs> years, four years of going to bowl games, one year of winning a bowl game, two years of beating Notre Dame. I mean, you just couldn't have mapped it out any better than that. And um, it allowed me to become an officer after that and start a career. And the cool thing was, like, if I wanted to, I could just stay in the Navy 20 years, 30 years, make a full long career about it, you know, retire. You'll say if I did 20 years, retire at age 42 and still have the whole rest of my life ahead of me and still get a check for the rest of my life every month. I mean, you just can't beat that deal after going to the best institution in the world. That's right. That's right. And some healthy competition there, I heard you mention <laughs> between those other yeah. teams, uh, which is awesome too. Now, the, what's really cool and interesting is if you could tell us a little bit about that journey from being a U.S. Naval officer to becoming a NASCAR driver and an entrepreneur, what inspired you that, with this unique career path? Yeah, uh, I've always had a passion for cars and racing. I've always liked cars, always liked racing, thought it was cool. Um, when I graduated from the Naval Academy, I wasn't playing football anymore. So I needed that next sporty, fun thing to do. Um, you know, without playing football, I wasn't like a basketball player or anything like that. I didn't want to do like amateur recreational stuff. I wanted to do something fun and like exciting and that I could take to a high level. So I started getting into track days with my cars. I used to take them to uh, local tracks in Southern California. I did these track days for a few years. And after, yeah, a few years of that, 
one day I was like, man, like, how do I take this to the highest level possible? How do I become a pro driver one day? Because I felt like that was the high level. Like that's where I could go. You know, I looked into it a little bit and realized that it was a lot different than any other um, uh, sport where like, let's say football, basketball, I said, you got to get drafted and all that. In racing, you kind of can build your own journey. It's like kind of like being an entrepreneur. You can make whatever you want to make out of it. It's going to take money, time, and just honing your skills. And it's just, it's like kind of, it's literally just like entrepreneurship. So I thought it was cool. So I decided that's where I wanted to go. And that's what I wanted to do. And I wanted to do it while still serving in the Navy. So started putting my eggs in that basket and started grinding and continuing to network, find the resources, find the money, started my own business as well to make some extra money to help pay for my racing. Um, started working on, you know, becoming a, a good professional face in front of the camera and the media and all that stuff and just did everything I could to build my story and build the journey. And then one thing led to another, which started getting me into racing. And then from there, I sl started slowly working my way up the ranks and then NASCAR became my thing. That's awesome. You know, I wanted to ask you because a lot of well, folks I've had on this podcast over the years, you know, we've had, you know, people from the business world, people from healthcare, people from different walks of life, different career aspirations, different things that they did to measure and get to what they, you know, determined their own success to be. Um, and I also want to give a shout out because I, I'm, I'm also trying to feature people like who've done multiple things and had multiple career portfolios and, and maybe have gone off the maybe traditional path of a lawyer doctor kind of thing. Um, do you have any advice for some of our listeners who might even be aspiring athletes or an entrepreneur, or maybe just an individual looking to pursue some non-traditional careering career paths? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely went non-traditional, you know, after, you know, my first uh, six or sorry, seven years active duty in the Navy, you know, I started my own businesses and started doing the entrepreneurship thing and then went into NASCAR. So very, very non-traditional path. In fact, the only person who's ever done that path ever in history. So um, but for the people who are looking to go outside of the normal way, you know, the biggest thing, one, is you have to have the right mindset. It starts with mindset. I can sit here and give you a checklist of, oh, like let's say entrepreneurs, right? I can give you a checklist, be like, okay, if you want to become an entrepreneur, you know, start an LLC, do this, do that, blah, 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 accounting, this and that. <laughs> I can give you all those lists, but none of that stuff, Matt, like not a single one of those things matter if your mindset isn't where it needs to be. You have to have a mindset that you are willing to go to hell and back and over and over again, constantly, every single week to accomplish what you're going to accomplish. And there is nothing that's going to stop you. There's absolutely no one who's going to keep you from doing it. There's no one who's going to, there might be people who might slow you down, but no one's going to actually stop you. You have to have that mindset. You have to have the mindset. You're willing to give up everything. You're willing to go all the way to the end. And then once the end is there, you're willing to just keep going. Like if your mind isn't there, then forget whatever you're trying to get into. You're not ready yet. Get your mind there first before you you try to go accomplish anything. After your mindset is there, after you're ready to no matter what, be able to put that maximum effort in, no, like no matter what's going on, you're willing to stay strong enough, long enough. At that point, you got to have a natural vision that is leading you towards whatever you're trying to get to, right? They have to have a vision where you've seen it. You've already seen yourself accomplish it. You've seen yourself do it multiple times. It keeps coming in your mind over and over and over. After you have that vision, then you got to start, um, now you got to insanely and obsessively believe it's possible. After you insanely and obsessively believe that it's possible, you got to put action towards it every single day. And as you're putting that action towards it every day, there'll be good days and there'll be bad days. And there might be a lot more bad days than good days. But during those bad days, that's when it's going to test your faith. 
right? Like, mm-hmm. what's your faith like, right? Like, is God with you? Like, do you, like, it, what's your faith like? Do you trust that the vision he gave you is going to come true? Because if you don't, then you're not going to make it. There's just no way. Like, you see it, like, a lot of people, they're on the bottom of the mountain, because whatever goal you're trying to reach is a mountain, right? You're at the bottom, and you can clearly see the top of the mountain. And then people start, you know how you start getting closer and closer to the mountain? All of a sudden, there's, like, a forest and all that stuff. You got to go climb it. You start going through the forest. Well, the trees start blocking the top of the mountain. You can't see the top of the mountain. Once you start climbing it, you can't see the top of the mountain anymore. It's getting steep. It's getting cold. It starts getting dark. There's mountain lions out there. There's bears. <laughs> there's snakes. There's there's things that are trying to get you. You know, it's getting cold. You're running out of water. You're running out of food. You're tired. You're cold. You're too hot. You're dehydrated. You're hurting. Your feet hurt, blisters, whatever. You're getting sick. You know, you, you like you lose an air, you're like your your feet are freezing, whatever it is. Like that's what happens if you're climbing a mountain and people like all of a sudden like, oh my gosh, this is too hard. And I can't even see the top of the mountain anymore. So it must not be there. And then they quit. And it's like, no, this top of the mountain is still there. It's just you gotta get through all that stuff I just said to get there. You gotta keep going. Like it's still there. And guess what? Even if you're halfway up the mountain, like it hurts just as bad to go back down as it is to keep going up. So why would you stop? Yeah, such a great analogy. And I I love the way that you articulated that because I think the other thing I hear a lot from young people too is to your point, you shared a little bit too about, you know, there'll be people who want to slow you down or whatever, but keep your eye on the, on the ball, if you will, or on that mountaintop. Um, Have you had some of those like slow down moments where obstacles were thrown in front of you? And what did you do with that? Because I know there's a lot of young people that are listening to this podcast right now saying, I see that mountain, I want to go but I have so many other people telling me I can't do it or I'm not going to make it or what's my plan B. Any thoughts on that or anything that you've learned from your experiences? This is the, yeah. So, so the answer to that is this, never have the plan B. Don't have it. Don't have it. Whatever you're trying to do, you have to fully commit and go after it. Now, when I say don't have a plan B, that doesn't mean don't be able to pivot. You need to be able to pivot because you're going to start going up and that the first path that you were looking at might get closed up and you can't go through it. And if you keep trying to go through it, you're going to fall through a hole and never be able to get back up. So you got to be able to pivot. Like when all of a sudden things start getting blocked off, all of a sudden you see a bear in that path. Like, I don't want to go through the bears den. That's not good. <laughs> there might be another path going around that might take a little bit longer. So you're going to have to pivot a little bit. You got to be able to pivot, but there is no plan B. Don't think that some helicopter is going to come grab you and then take you all the way up. It's not going to happen. Don't think that, oh, you know what? Like they're just, you know, maybe if I just go down to the bottom of the mountain, the mountain will just fall down and I'll just be there. No, like you have to go and continue to pivot all the way through. So always be a person who's capable of pivoting and being creative and finding the new way, finding the new door, finding the new path. You got to keep doing that, but don't worry about having a plan B. If you had the plan B, then it's just not going to work. There is no plan B, right? You can have things that help, you know, like, mm-hmm. hey, I have this on the side that's helping me, right? Like I have you know, some, uh, I don't know, some, some energy drinks, or I got some, you know, some extra food, or I got some more water, or I got this, and I got some little things to help aid me, you know, or to keep me going, you know, because maybe I'm on my own, I won't be able to make it, but I got these extra little things to kind of help me when times get tough, like that's okay, but there is no plan B, there is no other way to get over the mountain, you have to climb it no matter what. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I always talk about, too, with some of the young folks that are on here, lived experiences, transferable skills. They're what really makes one successful. Um, And I'm just thinking about, you know, drawing the comparison of uh, specific skills or experiences that you gained in the military 
And then how did you find those particular valuable or transferable maybe to the racing world? Yeah, there's a lot of things I learned in the military that's been super helpful. I think one of the most important things I learned in the military was actually from this book called Message to Garcia. And what that's about was uh, like the general story is there was a message that needed to get somewhere and the carrier, the person who was given the message to take it, wasn't given any directions, any information on how to get it to where they needed to go. They were just given a message and saying, hey, this must get to Garcia or whatever. Right. And then from there, it's like, go, like, go, like you have to do it or else the war is lost, like go. And that was it. And the person didn't say, hey, like, I can't do it because I don't have any information. They just went. They, yeah. they figured it out along the way. Like, sometimes you're not going to have your parachute fully packed perfect, but yeah. you got to jump out of the plane because it's burning. That plane is burning. You're on it, and you got to just jump. But as long as you got the parachute, the bag, and all that stuff, jump, pack it on your way down, and you'll figure it out. That's a great, great analogy as well. And and thanks. So much insights here. I'm so so glad you're you're sharing all this with the audience. Um, this is a really cool one. I have to admit, I was a bit of a fanboy here, looking at all your sites and <laughs> sharing some of the stuff you've been doing. And the partnership with the Hall of Fame NFL player Emmett Smith come came about. And wow, what a fantastic thing that must be. And what has it been like working together in the world of motorsports? It's been great working with Emmett. Uh, Emmett, you know, he has a lot of knowledge, uh, not only in the sports world, but also the business world too as well. He has his own companies, different things that he's doing, real estate world. He does a lot of speaking engagements. He's all over the place, super, super busy guy, um, still doing a lot of promos for different brands. Um, so there's a lot definitely to learn from him and lean on um, with him. But uh, yeah, he's been great having him a part of our team, you know, trying to teach him the world of racing and NASCAR and all that stuff. So, you know, having someone like that has been really, really great and definitely um, uh, a positive thing for sure uh, for for our racing team. That's really cool. And yourself too. I mean, you're a keynote and motivational speaker and it comes through loud and clear even in this conversation. Um, what key messages or life lessons do you aim to share with your audience? And what would you like to listen or share with our listeners today as uh, they're tuning in? Yeah, I mean, kind of going back to what I was saying before, you know, have the vision, obsessively believe in it, yeah. put the action towards it every day, have faith. And then while you're going up, like uh, the last part I was going to say was, you know, while you're going up that mountain as you're climbing and you can't see anything anymore, that is where faith really, really comes into play. That is when that whole I can't, yeah, I can't quit, I won't quit type attitude comes in because once it gets pitch black, that's when people want to leave. They quit and it's going to hurt just as bad going down as it is going uh, continuing to go up. So that is a point where you have to stay strong enough, long enough, even in the darkest point of the night, the sun will still rise. So you have to continue to go and go and go. That's like, that's one of the most important things. Like you just, there's nothing else that matters. Nothing else matters. If you can't get these few steps that I just told you yeah. about, like, right, you have to get it right. And, and, and it's huge. You have to, like, if, if not, not, just nothing matters. Just forget it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Just keep that motivation right in the eye on that. I, I can't, I can't agree more. You know, another big part of people's journeys and success is having a coach, a mentor, or just someone who's in your corner. It's so important in a personal professional growth. Who or what has been your greatest source of inspiration throughout your journey? And are there any role models who have influenced your overall path or career story or your choices in life? 
you know what? I, I take a lot of information from a lot of different people, right? I won't say that there's just one person because there isn't, right? I can yeah. learn so much from so many. You know, one person isn't enough, right? I learn, I learn stuff from uh, people who have raced in NASCAR before that I really like the way they carry themselves and how they do what they do, right? Dale Earnhardt Jr. He's one of those guys. Um, you know, in the business world, there's a lot of people who 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 do business in great ways. There's some people who, you know, maybe overall aren't the greatest, but there's certain things they do really well. And maybe I take nuggets from that. Right. Nobody's yeah. fully perfect. So I just try to take as many nuggets as I can from everybody possible. Right. I find people who are excelling and people who they 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 have a mountain of tasks to go accomplish and they go accomplish it always. They just proven that no matter what gets put in front of them, they can get past it and accomplish things, right? So those are people I look for. I don't, I, I don't care. Just because somebody has uh, multi-billions of dollars doesn't mean to me that they're going to be the person I need to look, look, look up to, right? It has to, they have to have a proven track record of being given the impossible, starting with not enough resources or not enough anything, and then getting past that and making it happen. Those are the people I try to pull from because those are the people who are going to teach me the right foundation which is necessary to 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 accomplish what i need to accomplish like think about skyscrapers right when you're building a skyscraper right if you ever seen any skyscraper being built in any type of city you what you'll always notice is the higher you want to go the deeper you're going to have to dig and once you see that and you understand that and you apply it to your life you'll see exactly what it takes to get to wherever you're trying to go the higher you want to go the deeper you're going to have to dig. Yeah, so true. So true. And I, I also really appreciate the fact that you've shared it's not just one person in your life or one moment in time or one person said something to you and that was what you know kept you uh, on the path. It's the idea of picking nuggets from different people at different times for different things. And I think that's so important because there's all this, um, you know, there's lots of books, lots of comments, lots of things happening at universities and colleges and encouraging students to get a mentor. And I always say, well, mentors with an S or, you know, a coach um, or a few people. Um, and I think you're so right that they can all offer such different inspirational points and also advice that really comes in handy. So oh, yeah, thank you. Sure. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I mean, all, it, it's important to get information and nuggets from as many people as you can who are doing things don't um don't don't put all your eggs in the basket of somebody who isn't doing something right you can you can maybe learn a little bit but at the end of the day they have to be someone who is showing a proven track record of excelling and going and accomplishing things when they didn't it didn't even look like it was possible those are the people who you're going to learn the most from yeah i wonder if i can ask you another quick question kind of on this topic um you know social media right um you know there's so much of the young generation right now that's either influenced by it or sees all these great things every day. Most people are sharing successes and great things, not necessarily failures and obstacles. Um, but the static in the machine is is a lot, right? There's a lot coming at young people, advice from here, advice from there. Um, any ideas on maybe how to, you know, whether you use the word fake news or whatever it is, how do you kind of decipher through all that? Have you, have you kind of, because I can imagine having your own companies and all this stuff going on, you got people telling you, how to do things, what you should think about 24 hours a day. Um, and, and some of it might be helpful. Some of it might not like, how do you, how yeah. do you manage through that? 
Yeah, I mean, there's so the good thing right now with the day and age we're in, we have so much access to so much information. That's the good thing. The bad thing is we have so much access to so much information, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, and that information can be good and it can be bad. And just as much great information is out there, there is sometimes twice as much bad information because unfortunately, there's there's just evil in this world. Yeah. There's bad people, you know, who 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 feed, like just feeding off of just putting out bad stuff, whether it's negativity, whether it's violence, whether it's just throwing you off, whatever it is, they just put bad or, or scams or whatever. This is people who suck. And yeah. at the end of the day, there, we, there's just plenty of people out in this world who suck. So when you, you got to be able to have some some level of discernment in your mind, and you're not going to get that discernment unless you, once again, for me, because I'm a man of faith, you got to have God in your life. He's only the only one who's going to provide you with the, the level of discernment you need to be able to find the BS from the not. There's sometimes you're still going to get tricked. It happens. Like we're human and it happens. You're going to yeah. think that you can trust a certain person or certain information and it's just not right. It happens. It's okay. But when you see it, you correct it and you don't let that one happen again, right? So you got to be able to kind of look through the BS and see where is the heart of the person I'm getting this information is. Do they have the same traits as other sucky people I've seen? Like, are there any things that are red flags? Where's the Delta? Like when I'm listening to certain information, I got my radars completely up and I'm just trying to figure I'm just kind of, I'm sensing things the whole time. I'm like listening yeah. to people and I'm trying to see their information, see their vibe, feel their vibe and be like, where's the Delta? Like when I say Delta, where's the change? When I see a change in like they're, they're going a certain direction and then there's some change and they didn't even realize the change but that's what i focus on i'm like why did that change happen like what's wrong here what's going on like is there a little bit of misdirection they just screw up right here like like we're like they're because once again no one's perfect right so people are gonna have some type of delta at some point in whatever they're trying to give you and that's when you can notice okay this person is a piece of crap or okay maybe this person's good yeah no exactly Man, this has been chock full of insights, ideas, and thoughts. I, I could go on and on, but I want to be respectful of your time. And I, I, like I said, I'm so thankful that you joined us tonight to share some of your insights and for people to think about things in a little different way, right? And um, I, I wondered, what are your like future goals, ambitions in the world of motorsports, the military, your business adventures, whatever? What, what's up for you in the near future? My my ultimate goals in motorsports is to make it to the NASCAR Cup Series and race in the Cup Series and eventually do really well in the Cup Series. That's <laughs> that's my ultimate racing goal. And I I want to race in other series too and compete in other stuff too as well because I like all a lot of different forms of racing. You know, maybe get into drifting, maybe get into sports car racing. Uh, you know, something I don't know. I just like all forms of racing, so I think it's cool. That's um, awesome. You know, professionally right on my business side of things i want to continue to grow the businesses get them to the point where they're making plenty plenty of money um and they can support all my fun things i want to do and future family and all that stuff that'd be great um you know obviously family wise just want to continue to always have strong ties with my family and you know grow there spiritually always want to have you know good strong relationship with god as well because at the end of the day i'm not perfect i make mistakes you know sometimes i do dumb things sometimes i do smart things and <laughs> i just want to always make sure i'm just staying in good light i don't want to uh, there's dumb things you can do and make mistakes, but there's also like terrible things you can do. I, I definitely want to stay away from terrible things. So um, yeah, those are, that's kind of what I work on all the time. And, you know, at the end of the day, I, I set certain goals, but then I just, you know, put them away and I just keep pushing forward. If I keep pushing forward, I start getting the things I didn't even realize I'm going to get to. That's awesome. And I can't wait to see where you go with the whole motorsports. I have family of my family just loves NASCAR and always watching and always going to the races. So maybe we'll see you at one of the, one of the races where I'm at sometime in the near future. It'd be lovely to 
to see you and see you perform and and just really kill it. I would love to see that. Um, as we look to wrap, is there anything else you wanted to cover that maybe we didn't talk about? You know, I think we hit a lot of great points in here. You know, the biggest thing for the viewers, listeners, um, all that is, you know, just once again, whatever you're trying to go after, whatever you're trying to accomplish, make sure that it's a natural vision in your mind. Make sure that whatever you're trying to go do has good in it, right? Make sure that it is not negatively impacting people. Whatever you're trying to get into is going to negatively impact others. Stop now whatever you're trying to do, it has to positively impact people, right? Like I race, right? That's one of the things I do, right? That's not, racing isn't saving the world. It's not curing cancer, but what it does do is bring people together. It brings people together so that it can have a good time, experience a good time, share memories with people. And then also what it allows me to do is build up my platform so that I can also utilize my story, which is very difficult to get through, right? It's difficult to do the things that I've been able to get to, but to utilize that to inspire other people so they can get to their goals and dreams. That's what I do what I do, right? So like whatever you're doing, whatever it is, once again, it doesn't have to be saving the world, but whatever it is has to be doing positive things. It has to be something that you can look your mother in the eye or any good mother out there in the eye and be like, hey, this is what I do. And hopefully this puts a <laughs> smile on your face. If it, if, if, if it doesn't, if you can't look your mom and maybe your mom isn't the greatest person, so you got to look another mom in the face, I don't know. But whatever it is, you can look them in the eye and say, hey, this is what I do. And they can look at you and be like, that's awesome. You know, like yeah. if not, if you can't comfortably talk about it to other people, <laughs> then you might need to figure out something else. Right. Because there's a lot of stuff out there in this world that can make you money, that can make you famous, this and that. But honestly, what is it doing? Is it truly bringing positive good into this world somehow, some way? Or is it just causing recklessness, causing becoming a menace to society? Like you don't want to be that. That's not good. No one needs that. And at the end of the day, it's just going to fail. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. You're a true inspiration. And thank you so much for all you're doing and for talking with us tonight and sharing some insights and ideas. I think um, it's been a great conversation. And um, I look forward to seeing where you go with things down the line. And I'm sure your mother is smiling right now at all the successes you've had. So um, congratulations with all of it. And thank you so much, Jesse, for being on the talk on the talk tonight. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. So for the listeners, if you liked what you heard today, Share this podcast on Spotify with your friends. Like us on Spotify. Follow us with Coffee with Convery on Instagram. This has been Coffee with Convery. And until next time, please stay well.